2: at progressive you can get 24 7 protection even if you break the space-time continuum
0: wait every time you wake up is the same day that's terrible
2: yeah don't
3: worry i call progressive their 24 7 protection still works even if my day does last forever
0: yeah but don't you want it to end are you kidding
1: i win the lottery whenever i want and never regret anything it's the best
0: Yeah, it's a good point.
2: Progressive offers more than a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection, which literally means anytime coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers, and subject to
1: policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Derek Jeter. This is the Yanks Go Yard podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. I'm Adam Wanderer, alongside Thomas Carinante. If you missed this weekend's action, let me sum it up for you real quick. (laughs) The Yankees, on the heels of a roll to Chapman's blown save, took Friday off, went to Philadelphia, couldn't play Giancarlo Stanton, lost two straight games, got two games swept by Joe Girardi. On Saturday, the team showed up in the ninth inning with a DJ LeMayhew game-tying three-run home run, but they still lost in extras, on Sunday in a must-win game to split the series, get the season back on track. They didn't do jack shit and lost 7 nothing in probably the most embarrassing indictment yet of this roster. It's broken. They now have a couple weeks to decide if they want to try to rebuild it on the fly, which sounds really hard, or if they'd rather sell, or if they're just going to languish in between, because they believe in the guys in that locker room. Aaron Boone finally got angry. In the post game on Sunday, but what does that mean? Is he just frustrated because he knows his job is on the line and he's not doing a very good job of saving it, or is there actually another gear for this roster? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five star review along with a mailbag question. Unlike the Yankees, we will actually show up and answer it. Thomas Carinante, happy Monday. Um, it things have never been worse, but then again, we've said that a hundred times this year, and I think we have every right to be disappointed not just in an average team. A lot of people missing the mark this week, just saying the Iggy fans are whining about being upset uh, with an average team. This is uh, supposed to be so much more than that. If you don't understand why we're mad, then uh, you've never been a fan before. Are we supposed to be thrilled? We're we're supposed to be super happy with this.
3: Well, that's why we keep, Getting pissed off at the Yankees, just assuming things will turn around. Oh, we have help. We have talented players, so you know, great things, roster. Things will yeah. turn around. We have a great roster. Things will turn around. Did you see what this roster did the last two years, yeah, three years, yeah. Things will turn around. Uh, I, maybe uh, we 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 don't entirely know. A lot of th- this team has not fully played healthy together at at for a long period of time yet. The pitching staff was still a big question mark, even though it had that great performance for two and a half weeks or whatever it was still done. We look at Jamison Tyone. He's borderline, not a starter. I, I, I don't want to be the guy that says that, but like he goes a third of an inning and gives up four runs. And the, 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 the game is ostensibly already over the Yankees come back and make it a game uh and then losing extras. But like his, I, I don't want to, I don't like blasting people who have gone through the road that he, he's had to undertake to get to this point but it's just not, it's not serviceable. It's not, it's not tenable. It's, it's the, the whole point of these acquisitions in the off season were to lengthen the rotation and to give us a number five guy, Jamison Tyone has not been able to do that. Uh, so I don't know why there would be, I understand maybe thinking with the lineup that things will turn around, but like thinking with thinking that you could acquire Corey Kluber and Jamison Tyone, two guys who have dealt with a ton of adversity and injuries the last two years and assume that both of them would work out Is a little bit psychotic to me. That was my issue with with those moves. Um, and then with the offense, the offense, you know what you're getting from the offense. It's a boom or bust offense. This is not an offense that bludgeons you with hit after hit after hit. They they tire your pitcher down by working the count and, and getting walks, and then they go deep with a three-run homer like like we kind of saw the, 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 the Yankees of old in those first two games against the Twins uh, before Chapman blew that. Uh, save to uh, avoid, to screw us out of the series sweep, which changed all of the energy heading into the weekend, even though they had a day off. Then you have John Carley, <laughs> Joe Carlos Stanton just not playing. I mean, we could. uh, How long do you want to talk about that for? We could talk for. Yeah, yeah. God,
1: God forbid. I mean, he he gets locked in an offensive rhythm. He carries the team in Minnesota, and then because of some scheduling quirk, we have to watch Domingo Hermann bat. At least Jimmyson Tyone didn't get an at bat because he exited before the first inning even ended. He was like, I I don't want to do that. I don't want to hit. Hitting is stupid. Um. Yeah. First off, great rule. Uh, love to watch pitchers hit. Love to have to play around that. Just a very fun thing. Even Aaron Nola came up and like ruined a rally yesterday. Like go a punt. Yeah, Aaron Nola's here. Uh, runners on the corners, no outs. Uh, uh, but unfortunately, Aaron Nola's is here. Like I don't know how NL defenders are. Like that's awesome. Like it, it hurts both teams. That is terrible. Um, but Giancarlo Stanton. He heated up this week. Finally, uh, you know, it, he's a streak hitter. Takes him a while to get into a rhythm after he's out for a long period of time with injuries. And then finally, you know, he's in the he's in that rhythm. He's he's blasting Jay Happ to dead center field Has pretty much the best series you can hope for in Minnesota. And then it's like, well, he's automatically out for two games because God forbid he plays one game. In the after. We're, we're putting third base. We're putting failed third baseman in left field. Miguel and Duhar, by yep. the way, if we can't put Giancarlo Stan out there for two games or even one game, that's insane. He's here for like 12 more years. Yeah. And I,
3: the, the thing that doesn't make sense to me is he couldn't play one game in the outfield at like 50%, which is what essentially our defense is. Our defense is a bunch of uh, underachieving players. Like you we're playing, like you said, failed third baseman and left Clint Frazier is still out there getting reps. He's not a good defender. Whether he's making diving catches or not, he's he just isn't. You you can there, there's plenty of stats to prove to you that he is not a capable defender. Um, and then Aaron Judge is out on Sunday with back spasms. He, he, you really you really can't put him. You can't sit him in right field and just be like, dude, uh, if you have to make a hard run into the gap, just let the center fielder handle it. Or if there's something down the line, just just saunter towards it and get the ball in. Like how much ground does he realistically have to cover and how much of a risk do the Yankees really feel that this is by putting him in the outfield for for eight innings? Because guess what? They're probably out of it by the seventh anyway. So you could take him out, and give him two innings of rest. It's just crazy to me that this is the reality of this team now, paying a twenty-six million dollar DH. Who's well? What do we do for the World Series? I mean, if we even get there, it, uh, it's crazy Denver. to even During think his about entire the, tenure. It's, it's crazy to even think about sniffing the World Series. But like, what do you do if you get to the World Series and Giancarlo Stanton is on your team? You're just not playing him because you don't want to play. I guess at that point they don't care because if he gets injured, it's the last season of the se- of the year. And that, that it is what it is. And they'll just make do after that. But like, that's a question that, that people are thinking about at this point, because this was a two game set. It wasn't even a three gamer or a four gamer. And we had Monday and Friday off. And then we had Monday off again. So there was three days off in a, in an eight day span. And you're telling me he can't play the field for one of them. Just idiotic and I know people are frustrated with the offense, but the offense has come alive and it, it really, ha- aside from Sunday, which was just downright embarrassing, I think, which kind of goes to, that was Aaron Nola's second best start of the year, by the way, he threw a complete game shutout against the uh, the Cardinals uh, earlier in the year. I believe that was in um, April. Um, cool. And then uh, he never really came close to sniffing this production again. If we want to be, be completely honest here, he, he has nice. thrown quality starts, but he had not gone into the seventh since April uh 24th and that also was not a quality start uh every start beyond them was six four six six five six five five and then you have the yankees seven and two thirds he uh he he gets nine strikeouts which is one off his his season high uh he looked unhittable i mean in the second inning they were putting charges into some balls a couple of warning track shots uh which kind of gave me some optimism but then uh domingo Herman, like like we said he hasn't been able to really find his footing. I know he, he's, he's totally been solid, 3.88 ERA, uh, but you have something like that uh, on Sunday, and it just completely takes you out of the game because you know for the most part, I know they came from behind on Saturday, but the, the Yankees right now are not a team that's going to come back from a four-run deficit, uh, at least consistently. I know, Like I said, I know that they managed to pull off that miracle on Saturday before Chapman once again uh registered a loss but we can't have the starting rotation and that's the thing that's the thing with the 2021 Yankees glaber torres look at his fucking defense this series dude unbelievable awesome. there's you have not seen better defense from glaber torres since he's been at short ever and it is it comes during a, 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 C, a series sweep where they looked awful for what uh 17 of the innings 17 of the innings they look terrible and like yes i i understand that we can't be investing our, uh, we can't be investing all of that uh, value in Domingo Hermon to be like, okay, dude, we need you on the mound today. You got to shut it down. But like, we can't have four, we can't have four innings of seven run ball. That just can't happen. Like we were talking about the other day with Michael King. Like, not that I'm asking Michael King to go seven, but like, you're facing the twins who are really bad. Like, can we get to the fourth? That'd be sick. So that's just, it's constant. Everything is out of flux when the lineup's doing well. Uh, the the pitching is, is not exactly coming around when the, when the pitching's doing well, the lineup is hardly doing enough when they get a lead the and are able to hold it when the, when the lineup and the rotation are, are able to come together, then you have an issue with the bullpen. I understand that this happens with every team, but it's kind of crazy how the dominoes have fallen for the Yankees, because it's very rare that we've seen, a trifecta of a performance where the offense shells, the starting rotation completely shoves, and then the bullpen just shuts it down without any stress. There's only been a handful
1: of games through the first
3: 65 so
1: far. 66 and 59 since last year. Like, at what point are we allowed to be like, wow, this is actually two straight years of the team being like, meh. And just like, okay. A lot of really bad losses in that span of time too. The losses are not just, you know, you're running the mill every day, five, three, six, four, out oh, get them tomorrow. Like they're getting absolutely destroyed. They're getting blanked. They're blowing saves they're choking away bases loaded opportunities. Everybody who said it was, you know, I was being an idiot for saying same old, same old after opening day, when we watched the Yankees lose just the most characteristic Yankees loss ever leaving guys on second and third, leaving guys on base repeatedly double plays with the bases loaded one out. And we were kind of like, I don't know, guys, not, not a fan of seeing this to start off the year. And everyone was like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the definition of early. It's one game in, but we've seen this every postseason series. We saw this for all of 2020 and we're seeing it again. John Carlos Stan thing. Like, he can't, he can't touch the outfield. He can't sniff the outfield. What have his injuries been in recent years? He got hurt sliding into third at, right after coming back from a long-term injury. He got hurt running the bases in Tampa. He got hurt uh, mysteriously in the middle of the ALCS against Houston. At, after hitting a giant home run that set the tone in game one of the ALCS, it was just like, oh, also I happen to have a leg injury and I'm not going to play anymore anymore. Not sure how that one happened, but he wasn't playing the outfield at that point. So I guarantee it didn't happen in the outfield. He's mostly getting hurt from repetitive motion and freak accidents on the base paths. He's going to have to run the bases if he starts. That Spoiler alert, (laughs) um, when he plays, he is going to have to run the bases. There's no way to prevent that. We don't have designated runners yet. We can't bring a horse out there. Uh, Tyler Wade can't just take over his base running duties. Uh, You can only pinch run once and then stands out of the game until baseball changes that rule. And I will, you know, my eyes are tuned to Rob Manfred. It would be nice if we had a Yankees role where you could always take Giancarlo Stanton off the bases, cut us some slack. But he hasn't played the outfield in like three years and he gets hurt anyway, doing normal baseball human activity. So I don't know why it's the riskiest thing on earth to put him in the outfield in what is ostensibly pretty close to a lost season. Like we're 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 careening towards that point. It's mid June. Like, yeah. if not now, when? And that's what's so frustrating. It's the whole roster. Like you said, how how rarely are they synced up with like the offense dominates, the relief dominates, the rotation is great. Like once, they beat the Tigers 10-0 once. I feel like the correct answer is once this yeah. year. But the blame... It's so hard to fix this stupid team because the blame is on everyone. The blame is on the front office that can't give people defined roles and has no idea what to do with the roster to the point where they're given Neto door in the middle of the year and they're like, yes, yes, let's get him. We weren't even thinking about him, but let's get him. And also now he bats third. Well, how many he times he bat third? We forgot to get lefty. So now he bets third. That's what we're doing now. Like people get on Cashman and Boone and Hal Steinbrenner for their over-reliance on analytics. Guess what analytics doesn't fucking want you to do? Bat Rugnet Odor third. That's not analytics. It's stupidity. <laughs> like people claim, people claim everything they hate in the media is fake news. People claim everything they hate in baseball is analytics. It's not. Rugnet Odor batting third is thanks to no analytic on earth. That an analy- an a na- <laughs> I can't even think of words. A statistician or whatever. If you asked him, like, is she really going to throw about third? He'd go, no. That guy should not be in Major League Baseball, and they're doing it anyway. Um, it's on. It's definitely on Cashman, who is constrained by House Steinbrenner for sure. Um, it, you know, it comes from the top down. But then again. The Rays lost two fifths of their World Series rotation last year and were able to fill those gaps instantly. The Yankees are completely unable to do that. They lost Corey Kluber and they got Michael King going three innings. They've lost Luis Severino and they've been unable to fill in that gap at any point in time in history. And they got they chose Jameson Tyone over Joe Musgrove, presumably because he cost less than prospect capital, although I don't think you'll ever hear from those prospects that the Padres gave up for Musgrove ever again. They were all teenagers, and nobody thought they had that much potential. And now Joe Musgrove is like a top five NL Cy Young candidate, and Jameson Tyone is not a major league starting pitcher. Um, the blame is on Cashman. The blame is on Boone just because I don't know, like, at a certain point, a change of voice is worth something because I guarantee you keeping Aaron Boone in this locker room is worth nothing. We've seen what the Aaron Boone Yankees look like this year and it sucks. So I don't really understand why there's nothing gained from just being like, you know what? Let's make an alteration. It can't get worse. Marcus Timms is sort of just a sacrificial lamb here. I don't think anybody thinks that changing the hitting coach is going to drastically alter the team's philosophy, but at a certain point, I'm not asking for heads to roll. I'm just asking to be cognizant of the fact that trying nothing hasn't worked. So we got to do something. We call up Chris Gittens. He plays three games. Like, okay, neato gang. There's more of an overhaul that's needed on the roster and the coaching staff in the front office. Whatever you want to do, but not nothing. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the Toronto Blue Jays are barking at us. Stick around. Listen up, Ohio, because this is a test from Pepsi. If you call Cbus Town, you're not from Ohio. If you don't know the Blue Jackets actually have a fifth line, you're not from Ohio. And if you don't know what to say when someone yells OH, you're not from Ohio. We know this because at Pepsi, we are from Ohio. In fact, we bottle ice-cold Pepsi right here in Seabus. So when you're thirsty for something that says you're from here and proud of it, grab a Pepsi and say here's to OHIO, where Pepsi and life are oh-so-refreshing. Welcome back to the Yanks Go Yard podcast, Thomas. The Toronto Blue Jays have now passed us in the division. Of course they have. They've been at Fenway Park this weekend, bludgeoning the Red Sox pitching, which is, you know, nice. It's nice to see the Red Sox pitching backslide a little bit, but it's not nice because, you know, this is also a division rival. Their offense is doing what their offense was supposed to. They're arguing every day, one through nine, the Blue Jays argue against the juice ball, removing teams, you know, oh, you can't possibly hit in 2021 that's what the problem with the yankees is no one hits well the three of the teams in division hit and we don't so that's fun now the blue Jays are officially vaulting back into the race. Somewhat they passed the Yankees. They're three games over. They are getting George Springer back pretty soon. Uh, you got to assume he's doing a rehab assignment this week. I feel like he ends up showing up in this Yankee series, which starts on Tuesday in Buffalo where we got absolutely murdered last year. So very much excited to go back there. I can't believe we're still the, the world is reopening. We're still playing games in, in AAA stadiums for the blue <laughs> Jays, but that's very fun and, and good that that's happening again. Um, yeah, and, and you are correct in asserting that they're about to screw us at the trade deadline because they are in an aggressive window and we are in a wimpy uh, exact opposite of a window at this point. They're going to make moves that we're not ready to make.
3: Yeah, we're stuck in neutral. That's The way the way that I'm looking at this is if the, this is if this continues. What do we have? Six weeks left until the deadline. If we're still hovering around 500 and we're continually losing ground in the division, Cashman has two options in my opinion and I could be wrong I could be an idiot I could get freezing cold take whatever the two options are you go for it all and you empty the farm and you get your hands on two to three players whether it's an outfielder whether it's a lefty bat whether it's a starting pitcher whether it's some more relief help whatever they need and you go for it because guess what you're stuck with this team and this is the this is this is the this is the hands you were dealt this is the 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 grave that you dug so you're either going for it all or you're going to start selling pieces here and there. That's what we talked about last time. You sell some relievers, maybe you sell Clint Frazier, maybe you sell Miguel Miguel Andujar. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take. Do we sell Aaron Judge? That seems a little bit extreme to me, but guess what? Uh he's probably the only guy who has value. So like if the Yankees want aside from the relievers, but the relievers are also they also cost a lot of money. So we're running into that predicament. So I don't know exactly what can be done, but I feel like if this is the situation at the end of July, there's a fork in the road and you you have to pick a side because you're not running this back in 2022 after seeing what's happened the last two and a half years. And there's no reason to either not fully go for it and get more pieces or to just do a mini retool, kind of like what they did in 2016 when they sold off Chapman and, uh, and Andrew Miller. I, I don't hate that but look at the blue Jays guys 33 and 30 who was who was on Twitter the other day saying are blue Jays fans as mad as Yankees fans because they have the same record which yeah is just
1: it was uh it was Chris Towers the CBS Fantasy Sports guy and I yeah. don't want to like start a personal no, argument but like I don't want to either but like No 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 but I'm just yeah. I mean some anyone who has that kind of take is definitely coming from a place of hating Yankee fans for yes. being too pretentious yes. and he does he hates Yankee fans and it's okay you, you can hate Yankee fans I hate Red Sox fans that's fine but like it's pretty objectively clear why Yankee fans would be more frustrated than Blue Jays fans at this juncture.
3: Yeah. It's not, it's not a comparable situation. The Blue Jays are filled with 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds. And they're, and they're hitting more, bombs and they're, they're like yeah.
1: destroying and they, they have a clear weakness. It's like, all right, let's address yeah. the bullpen in the back end of the rotation. And once we do that, we kick ass. The exactly. Yankees are just so in the middle towards the bottom on everything.
3: Yeah. Even with the limited injuries, like we have dealt with much more catastrophic issues. The blue Jays guys have a top five offense. They lead the league in home runs. They're second in OPS. They're second in average. And they're doing this without George Springer, who is objectively the best leadoff hitter in baseball. So, I mean, what happens when he's played four games this year? What happens when he comes back? Obviously, Uh, I don't know if we see that drastic of an improvement in terms of the, like in off the charts, OPS average and home runs, but it's going to be better. It's going to be harder for pitchers. And this is just a classic example of how injuries aren't the excuse for everybody. Like, yeah, we can complain about Zach Britton going down. We can complain about Corey Kluber going down. We can complain about John Carlos Stanton going down in the middle of his hot streak. But guess what? We have a capable roster. Other than that, the Blue Jays have a bunch of young guys who are yes, overachieving, but Guess what? We knew Vladdy was going to be an MVP candidate. We knew Bo Bichette was going to be really good. Maybe we didn't expect to ask Hernandez to still be tearing the cover off the ball, but that's the reality of it. And guess what? They also lost their most of their relief corps. Kirby Yates was done before he even started. David Phelps pitched in five games before he went down. Julian Merriweather, same thing. This That's really big. Imagine if we lost two or three of our biggest bullpen arms. Our bullpen is slowly turning into a problem at this juncture. Imagine if we don't have Chapman, Britton, and and Darren O'Day, who we don't have anyway. That's that's an <laughs> issue. Take so, LaWise yeah, away. Yeah, take take one take one or two of those guys away, and it's a big problem. So now I'm looking at the Yankees trade deadline, and if they're if they're operating under this budget constraint, which we have to assume they are, because they
1: absolutely are because
3: Ken Rosenthal said something about it, and I trust Ken Rosenthal. He's a good guy. He's a smart guy, and he always has. He always has usually the right information. Snappy dresser. Yes. Great bow ties. Uh, If you have just barely over 8 million to spend before hitting the luxury tax threshold, whereas the Blue Jays have a payroll of 116 million and they have much more room to work with. Obviously, they have to keep in. uh, They have to take into account the rising arbitration costs and any other uh, contract options that they have next year. But it's not prohibitive. Blue Jays have a they have essentially $80 million to work with if they wanted to go crazy. And they also have a stack farm system. So there's going to be an arms race here between them and the Yankees, because now all of a sudden the starting rotation has become a need for the Yankees. When they didn't think that that would be the case, they thought they would have to be going after an outfielder, maybe a utility infielder. Yes, definitely a lefty bat, but now you're going to be on the market. You're going to be competing. I'm looking at, I'm looking at some of the options here. Why wouldn't the Blue Jays call up the Rangers and say, hey, dude, uh, Kyle Gibson and Ian Kennedy, what can you offer me?
1: Absolutely. Maybe
3: fucking throw Joey Gallo in there. We'll have have a party. I don't know what they could do. They could figure out a D. He's a better D.H. than whatever they're doing now. So, I mean, there's a there's a lot of options here for them. They can go after Michael Fulmer. They could go after John Gray. Not that I'm entirely. They go after Matthew Boyd. I'm not entirely big fans of these guys, but those would be upgrades based on what they're dealing with right now. Better than Ross Stripling, you know? So if they get any better at the deadline and they're competing with the Yankees and we know that there's going to be a Yankees tax in some way, because there is every single year, like it's not going to be pretty because if they keep, why would the blue Jays not look okay? We can make the playoffs this year. And guess what? Let's take and Let's take into account some acquisitions that could be with us for 2022 and beyond. So this is another this is another layer of the problem that the Yankees are going to have to deal with. And they they seem to they, they continue to c-
1: compound. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're going to go ahead and target De Shields Jr. <laughs> he didn't opt out. We weren't able to get him before the June 1st deadline. But we're, we're going to reopen that pursuit as the as the main trade deadline approaches. Yeah, the Blue Jays are in a great position right now and whether they make the playoffs this year or next year is really irrelevant. Like they, their window is firmly open and it will be for the next 5 seasons. They're woefully incomplete this year and it hasn't mattered at all. You look at the what the injuries the Yankees have suffered so far this year outside of the Luis Severino setback, which is as devastating as it gets from this weekend. And we assume the worst. There's really no way to assume the best at this point. Um, that is a catastrophic injury. And that changes. That's sort of the, the moment the season felt like it ended for me. Uh, they can do whatever they want at the deadline. That's a disaster. But other than that, the Yankees have mostly just been tapped on the shoulder by injuries. Britain out for like a month and a half, two months. Okay, fine. Staying out for a couple of weeks. Great. Kluber out for, you know, two months. Sure. Um, these are things that the team should be able to weather. The Red Sox lost Chris Sale. They don't have him back all year. He's he's going to come back in August at some point, maybe come out of the bullpen. That's a pretty big loss for that roster. And that team is still 12 games over 500. The Blue Jays, like you said, have lost their entire bullpen and also George Springer. If the Yankees had done that, the Yankee fans would be making excuses to high heaven for their underperformance. But the Blue Jays, you know, have been middle of the pack and are pulling away now and they have a great offense. And that's great. They need more pitching, but they have a wonderful offense and they've managed to at least stay in the race. The Rays lost Blake Snell and Charlie Morton from their roster last year and have seamlessly just popped other people back in. They have also lost an insane number of guys to injuries, especially out of the bullpen. Nick Anderson, um, Diego Castillo, right? It's just people, uh, you know, people who you're very used to seeing coming out of the Rays bullpen have not been there all year. They're relying on these like slop throwing lefties and it's totally working. There's really no excuse. Um, the You know, the Rays, if the Yankees are going to operate under payroll constraints, the Rays certainly are operating under payroll constraints. And their GM was able to amass a wealth of pitching talent that Brian Cashman has not been able to amass. Uh, and the deadline is going to be another slap in the face. I got to tell you, as the Blue Jays pull closer to reality and, and the projections and the Yankees pull further away and they're now at like sub 45 percent likelihood to make the playoffs when they were once at 93 percent, according to fan graphs. Uh, Get ready. Get ready for the Blue Jays to do something, uh, some sort of all in move in the way they traded for David Price in 2015 and get ready for the Yankees to try to patch the holes. But there, you know, what is there to do? What is there to do at this point? The roster is not close. Remember, we laughed
3: heading into the season about how the AL East was super weakened because the Red Sox were
1: garbage last
3: year and still didn't have sale back. We knew what the Blue Jays were because they weren't able, you know, we knew Springer would be good, but like the pitching was still a, a big problem there. They re-signed Robbie Ray, and he wasn't good. Now he's good this year, I guess. And then we left at the Rays when well, we knew the Orioles were the bottom of the division. We left at the Rays for downgrading after going to the World Series last year. Are they are they better? Are they be- are they honestly better? Yes, they might be, be They might actually be better. I know once again that uh, that that could that could be and that could be a stale take because yes, we are in the middle of June. Stale take. Th- 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 things things can. Things can come like crashing down to earth, or fortunes can be reversed. They totally can. But the problem with the Yankees and why fans are upset with them is because it's the same old problems. It's this the, the roster construction is just. Cr- I don't even know why I'm talking about this. Just it bothers me to no end because I listen. I listen to your boy Bill Simmons <laughs> this weekend. Oh, cool. He had Theo on Theo Epstein, who I, I'm actually a big fan of. Uh, yeah,
1: me too. Our re- guy. Re-
3: yeah, yeah <laughs> it, it, I wish level-headed dude just uh, doesn't it's like just cool on the surface he he enters two situations with the Red Sox and the Cubs where you couldn't you couldn't put any more pressure on the guy and he managed to deliver both of them and you you hear him talking on this podcast and they're talking about uh, the Cubs and the Sox and what made the difference on those teams um, in 04 and 2016 and he's, he's going on about chemistry he's like yes you can have talents important Talent is obviously important. That is that goes without saying your team needs to be good in order to get to wherever they need to get to breaking. You need clubhouse guys. You need David Ross. You need uh, uh, Kevin Millar. You need those guys. The Yankees did not. The Yankees don't have any of those guys. They haven't, they haven't had any of those guys since 2017. They had when they had a Beltran um, and they had uh, uh, Todd Frazier um, not entirely tremendous players, but certainly energetic Didi. dudes. Dd, yeah. Tommy Energe- Canely. Energetic dudes who helped out with the morale. And it's clear that the Yankees don't have that. The roster construction has been questionable since the beginning because we don't have lefty at-bats. We're relying on Aaron Hicks to bat third and provide lefty at-bats. He's, he's th- a switch hitter and he might want to hit righty. Uh,
1: and we'll so, never see him again. And,
3: and he's we're never going to see him again. But like listening to that podcast is now further... Makes me think like why, like, this is why this is where, in my opinion, analytics has maybe gone too far for the Yankees because they're just like, oh, look at stats, look at what this guy can do. Great. But there are intangibles that are not in the box score that are not formulated through a math equation. Like, it'd be great to have a guy or two who are constantly picking guys up, pumping people up in the dugout, pull having players only meetings. Like, has there been a Yankees players only meeting yet?
1: Blew.
3: No, Blew. I mean, I not that I know of. Aaron Boone has called a meeting a couple of times because that's he needs that for himself and he needs that for his coaching staff. But like has Aaron Judge pulled the guys aside, as Giancarlo Stanton pulled the guys aside to talk about anything like, no, I don't think so. I haven't heard about it. Maybe things have happened. Like we said, there aren't reporters in the locker room, but. Theoretically, you would hear about that because that makes news like that will leak from the organization and someone will find out about it. There's no drive. It seems there's no I and and Brian Hoke asked that question and Boone got so pissed about the complacency with losing Uh, and he was not happy, which I guess was good to see. But like, is that a dumb question? Maybe. Is that a fair question? Also, maybe like, is this team complacent? You see the body language, you see the energy, you see the output after like a loss. It's not entirely great. It's it's worth questioning, and I think that also comes into that the roster construction there from a personality and uh, just intangible standpoint is has been a big problem. And if they go out and get somebody who's like that at the deadline, I wouldn't entirely be opposed to it. Would you?
1: Guess what. I think it's completely clear to ask if the team is okay and complacent with losing, and you know why I think that? Because every time they've had to win, they've complacently lost. (laughs) I think it's completely fair to ask that, and I applaud. It's tough to have the cojones to ask a question like that. Although it's easier when you're at home on zoom yeah. and Aaron Boone goes fucking hell losing. What are you, what are you talking about losing? You can just turn your camera <laughs> off and be like, goodbye. <laughs> see ya. I don't want to see you anymore. Um, I'm not a big fan of confrontation. I probably wouldn't ask that question, but I think it's completely fair because I think we're watching what complacency looks like. And all the front office says is it will turn around. We know it will. Well, what if it does not it's June 14th and it hasn't. So Huh? Like maybe it will next year, but I don't think it, we said like two weeks ago, this team, not the Yankees. This team is not winning a World Series. I stand by that. I don't see a way in which this team wins a World Series. This team with some lefty supplements and better pitching and more and one to two more relievers. Sure. Great. I could be sold on that. This team with Jock Peterson and Joe Musgrove. Yeah, probably. Jack but this team so has currently good. constructed. No. Um, I don't think it's ridiculous to say that at all. Yeah. Theo Epstein is a, is a smart man. And Theo Epstein is more proof that analytics aren't garbage, but misusing analytics and over-reliance on the the paper for, like, I don't think it's crazy to say talked about that too. Yeah. I don't think it's crazy to say this current Yankees bunch has maybe lost sight of the end of the road here. And it's just, it just hasn't been fun and John Boy said this o- over the weekend and got roasted by a bunch of Twitter dorks yeah. because everybody wants to be, oh you know, God. everybody wants to be the opposite. And everybody wants to get be angry and get angry at the checkmark media guy. And a bunch of he was like watching the Yankees is boring as hell and not fun. And all the quote tweeters and replies were like, really, dude, try the Rockies. Oh, really, bro? Try the Diamondbacks. <laughs> How about this? Those teams are actively tanking and trying to win 50 games. The Yankees are not. The Yankees are trying to win the World Series. And they're not going to. And it's been frustrating to watch an extremely boring 500 team. And also, I can't believe this has to be said, but there's different flavors of 500 team. The Yankees don't win two, lose two. The Yankees went six and eleven, and then 23 and nine. 23 and nine. They had the third best record in baseball. They're 28 and 19, and since then they've gone five and 13. That sucks. That's not fun. That's a special flavor of 500 team. So I think it's I you. And, and I talked about this this weekend um, because I talk about the Yankees in my spare time, too, because I can't avoid them. How could you possibly be attached to anyone on this roster right now? Other than like Garrett Cole and maybe Judge and I guess D.J. LeMahieu by default and Giancarlo Stanton because you're stuck with him. But like I'm at the point where you could do anything to me. I don't care. You could do absolutely anything. Do something. Anything. I, I, I don't need to see any of these people on the next team. This offseason, we talked about a lot. You and I about how like these are the guys. At a certain point, these are your guys. So stop trying to upgrade Gio Urshela. Stop mm-hmm. trying to move Gleber Torres around and try to get a you know superstar shortstop on a major prospect package. At a certain point, these are your guys. And then we've watched two and a half months of these being the guys after last year, and maybe these aren't the guys. Sorry. Um. I, I goodbye to anyone. I would say I would say goodbye to anybody
3: yeah i would too and not that i don't like anybody it's just I I like them all yeah i like them all i would i would have fun with these guys we'd go out we'd have fun we'd talk play some cards maybe but it's just not whatever the construction is it's just not working uh it was a creative idea to kind of bring this roster together and have home runs and and tough at bats just wear down other teams and destroy them but you have to look at the flip side to that and it's not entirely encouraging because the lows are pretty damn low you have a lot of strikeout guys you have a lot of guys who hit double plays you have guys who don't make contact so um and we're seeing we're seeing i guess the regression to the mean because the last uh, 2018 and 2019 were pretty awesome Mm -hmm. um and then last year was bad essentially we're just looking we're looking at one full year of bad baseball that's what we're looking at but that's not the reality of it because 2020 was shortened but if you look at the games games wise we're just looking at a year in which the Yankees just completely fell off the face of the earth, but time is ticking and that's, (laughs) we can't, we can't alter what's happened. So this is the reality. Now it's been two years of this, even even though the last one was shortened and something needs to be done. I don't know what it's going to be, but um, it's either go for it or dump it.
1: I am going to leave you with just one minor dose of positivity and not really because you know, they, this season is not over. No, no, things can be done they are four games out of a wild card spot and while a wild card game at fenway park or at the toronto uh, buffalo stadium does not sound fun those teams could backslide uh, i think the blue jays are proving they're they're great uh, they're there's definitely good when they're clicking on all cylinders it's not over four games uh, i think the ALE dream might be dead i don't think the rays are relenting in the 8.5 game lead to the yankees we'll see who knows um, but i think you know there's a world in which this team makes a makes a charge and makes things interesting all I'll have to say before we leave is that there was a time in 2017 when the Yankees were coming off 16-3 and 14-3 wins of the Baltimore Orioles and beat the Angels on the road 5-3. They were 38-23 and at that point. Then they went loss, 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 win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, walk-off, win, loss, win, loss, loss, win, loss, 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 win, walk-off, loss, loss, walk-off. Um, they were actually four walk-off losses in that sequence of, of wins and losses too, that I just read you. Um, It was horrible. It left them at 45 and 42, 38 and 23 to 45 and 42 real, 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 real bad and dark. That team picked up the pieces starting on Saturday, July 15th and ended up being a 91, 91 win baseball team and giving us the most memorable season in recent Yankees history. So will it be done? I don't have that much faith and I applaud you. If you do, can it be done? It just was four years ago. So, you know what that team did? They made a chemistry shattering. They made the decision just before the deadline that they were good enough to go for it. And they made a chemistry shattering move to bring in David Robertson and Todd Frazier and Tommy Canley for prospects we've never heard from again, but who were in the top 10 at the time. Blake Rutherford, uh, love you. You're not a part of the White Sox present right now. So uh, it's four years later. I would recommend Brian Cashman at least consider doing the same thing and try to shake off the shackles of this roster. I'd welcome Joey Gallo. I'd welcome any number of the Texas Rangers. I'd welcome any change to what I'm currently looking at. That is it for this edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast. Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. That's something we'd be more than happy to answer. Until next time, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Winerip.
3: And you can find me at Tommy's underscore takes. You can also find us on yanksgoyard.com, where we have plenty of content there for you to read and digest. You can also talk to us on the official YanksGoYard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. We'll be there all day. We'll be there for the game times. We'll, we'll be hoping it all turns around. And uh, maybe we're talking about a win on Wednesday. I hope so. Uh I don't know. Nope. I don't know. There's don't know. no reason to think so, but we'll hope for it, and then we'll go from there, guys. We can, it'd
1: be nice if we could win this series. It really would be. No, it'd be huge. It, in fact, might be the difference in the season, and we'll see you on Wednesday.
0: Hi, I'm Flo from Progressive. You know me. I'm a huge football fan, but it can be stressful for us super fans, so Progressive is going to help take your mind off your team for a moment. Instead of thinking about how your team threw the wrong ball on the wrong net, just think about how Home Court Explorer lets you easily compare our direct rates with multiple companies. Well, hope this distraction about Progressive's Home Quote Explorer was helpful. It sure helped me from stressing about my team for a bit. Anyway, go sports!
2: Progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels.